How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and In the account of Jesus' birth, according to Luke, there's no doubt as to who this child is. The angels declare it to the shepherds, and the shepherds tell it abroad as well. And then, very shortly, Jesus is brought to the temple to do for him according to the law, and there are people there who also know who this child is. We even have a song in our liturgy, the Nunc Dimittis, Simeon's song that we still sing today that was first sung over this baby by Simeon in the temple. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's time to teach a Sunday school lesson on the birth and presentation of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. Pastor Tom Baker joins us. He's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Why is the story of Jesus' birth important for understanding who he is and what he's done for us? It's important because apart from the incarnation, which led to his birth, Jesus would not be considered a human being. And therefore, he would not be able to really die as he did on the cross as a human being and be raised from the dead. Also, this story of his birth is a fulfillment of the many, many promises found in the Old Testament that the Christ would come. For example, Daniel in his book talked about that the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, sent the Son of Man, who is Jesus Christ, to the world to redeem the world. And so the birth as indicated in Luke chapter 2, is a fulfillment of those many promises that God had made, beginning with the promises to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15, about through the seed of Eve would come a Savior, which was fulfilled with the seed of Mary. And that's what we're talking about and his birth. What are some things that we often miss in Luke's account of Jesus' birth? Well, there are items in the other gospel. For example, there's nothing in Luke about the angel going to speak to Mary prior to the birth. And she was favored by God to be the mother of God who would be born namely Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And there are other items. Mary did not doubt that that would happen, as did Zechariah about John the Baptist. But she still asked, how is that going to happen since I do not know a man? 
And the Holy Spirit is talked about as the one who had come to her, and through him, there would be a conception of God the Son in her womb. And what we get in Luke now is Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem in obedience to what Caesar Augustus, and he was the emperor in Rome, that he had called for a census to be taken. And Joseph, who came from the line of David, was required to travel to his ancestral home, namely Bethlehem, for the census. And he and Mary arrived there in time for Jesus' birth. Why is setting Jesus' birth in history important? Because there are many, even today, who don't believe that he was born of a virgin, even though it's a promise from Isaiah 7.14, that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And that's very important that that occurred in history. So we do not think of the birth of Jesus as a myth, which many people consider to be parts of the Bible. For example, the creation of the world, they believe is a myth. They believe in evolution, some people, who think it took millions of years for the earth to develop and for human beings to appear, when in reality, it only took six 24-hour days, as explained. And so it's important to realize that the Bible considers the birth of Jesus to be a part of history, real events that occurred. And that's why Luke even tells about the time that they were to be registered in the town of Bethlehem. And that's why they were there for the birth of Jesus. What should we make of the fact that the announcement of Jesus' birth is made to shepherds? A lot of people don't realize this, but not only the shepherds, but also the wise men were considered to be unclean. The shepherds were unclean because they worked in blood in sacrificing sheep and taking care of them. The wise men were unclean because they were Gentiles. So the fact that God sent to two groups of unclean people shows us that God wants to bring the Lord's presence near all human beings, regardless of their being considered unclean or Gentiles. And therefore, this was a wonderful gift to the shepherds who then went to Bethlehem, worshiped Jesus, and also they went about talking to others about all that they had heard and seen, which is the task of every Christian. 
to share with them the gospel good news of the birth of Jesus Christ, who was born in order to die for the sins of human beings. What did the angels say to the shepherds? What the angels said to the shepherds is, Fear not, we bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, swaddling cloths were actually strips of cloth that were wrapped tightly around infants to warm them and secure them. But first, however, the babies were washed and rubbed with salt and possibly olive oil which were signs of tender care. And the angels began to sing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And God was pleased with the shepherds, even though they were considered by the Pharisees to be unclean, as he was pleased with the wise men who were Gentiles, pleased because they had faith and believed the promises of God that he had come to take away the sins of the world through the birth of Jesus the Christ. Why do we continue to sing the angel's song on Sunday morning worship service? Because we are the messengers of God, as were the angels to the shepherds. We also sing what God has told us to give glory to God the Father, and that there is now peace on earth. And that peace is not peace between human beings, as it is peace between God the Father, and human beings. For he was reconciled to the world, according to Corinthians, in order that he would have peace with human beings who had faith in the promises of Jesus Christ. And that is what pleases God the Father. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' birth and presentation in Luke chapter 2. Why did Jesus' parents bring him to the temple? How did God address the Gentile nations through the prophet Isaiah? What is God's message to his own people regarding both judgment and consolation? And how does Isaiah's divine message apply to us today? 
Find out in the new Concordia Commentary on Isaiah, chapters 13 through 27. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February, the Concordia Commentary on Isaiah 13 through 27. Where is God's mission? God's mission is everywhere. Yes, it's far away, but it's also very near. It's as near as your congregation and school, your neighborhood, your family and friends, even as near as your home. Wherever you are, God's mission is in that place. Through his mission, Christ is bringing forgiveness, life, and salvation to people everywhere, even here, right where you are. God's mission here. Learn more at lcms.org slash national mission. Real Reformation Radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. With the oldest deaconess program of the LCMS, Concordia University Chicago has fully certified young women for the deaconess vocation for more than 40 years. I'm Deaconess Kristen Wasilak, Program Director for Deaconess Studies. Help us identify the next generation of servants to care for souls, engage our communities in mercy, and teach God's Word. Learn more about Concordia Chicago's Deaconess Program today at cuchicago.edu. cuchicago.edu. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel is with us as we teach a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' birth and presentation. So, Tom, turning to that presentation, why did Jesus' parents bring him to the temple? Well, it is significant in Judaism that there is a time of purification that's found in the law of Moses. And therefore, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem, not only for Mary to be purified, but also for him to be presented to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Quote, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And the parents are to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And that's why they had brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. What happened while they were there at the temple? Well, while they were there, there was a man in the temple whose name was Simeon, and he was outwardly righteous and devout, worshiping God regularly, waiting for the consolation or the comfort that would be coming to Israel through the birth of a child. And the Holy Spirit 
was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Anointed One, namely God himself being born. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and he saw the parents bring in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And what he did, Simeon took up the child in his arms and blessed God. How should we understand what Simeon said then, Simeon's song? Well, in light of what the Holy Spirit had told him, he said, Lord, referring to God, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For as you had promised through the Holy Spirit, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Now, salvation referred to the fact that people would be saved from their sins and heaven would be their home. He referred to Jesus as a light for revelation, but not only for the people Israel, but also a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And so both Gentile and Jew would be saved, which of course includes every nation in the world, for every nation is either from the people Israel or they are Gentiles. And that's what Simeon's blessing was to God, thanking God for keeping his promises. Why do we, and how do we use this song on Sunday mornings? Yes, that was something I learned to say more in adult instruction. I talked about Holy Communion, but I didn't really that often mention Simeon's song. But one day after or during Holy Communion, a woman who had just come into the church through confirmation was crying while she took the Lord's Supper. Afterwards, I asked her why she was crying. And she said she remembered Simeon's song that had been read in the readings. And as he lifted up the child and blessed God for being saved, she realized that as she was taking the Lord's Supper, she was receiving the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that was being lifted up and put into her mouth and promised by God to be for the forgiveness of her sins. So just like Simeon, Jesus was for her 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and salvation for her. And that's why we sing Simeon's song in hymnody after the taking of the Lord's Supper in some of the liturgies. What should the Sunday school children know about Jesus' birth? The Sunday school children should realize what Simeon also said to Mary in verse 34. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and a sword will pierce through your own soul, so that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. And that's what the Sunday school children need to remember, that Mary did have grief over the death of her son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And she came to understand the words of Simeon being fulfilled, particularly after the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, at which time one of the disciples, Thomas, referred to him as my Lord and my God. That's what the Sunday school children need to know, that Jesus is their Lord and their God, who will also take them to heaven. Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson? The law of this lesson is that a lot of times we think that by our works, we're going to be able to save ourselves. And the children need to realize that yes, going to church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, reading your Bible, these are all important things, but none of that gives us salvation. What gives us salvation is the birth of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, and also his ascension into heaven. And that's why we worship him in every liturgy that is appropriate. For in the liturgy, we come to learn that Jesus is our Savior, as he was also Simeon's and Anna's, who give, gave him great worship, honor, and glory, because Jesus is none other than God himself. Tom Baker is the host of a radio program called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly with his Sunday school teachers to prepare them for the classroom. Tom, thank you. And thank you. Wednesday on Issues Etc., we'll get a review of the movie Maestro with Pastor Ted Geese. We'll talk with Dr. John Bruss about church as a place of hope and its media coverage of religion with Terry Mattingly. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., 
P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.